Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Hello and good morning. Our scripture lesson for today comes to us from Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica. So here now the reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters beloved by God, that he has chosen you, because our message of the gospel came to you not only in word, but also in the power of the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For in spite of persecution, we received the word with joy and inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of these regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to gods from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you please join me in a word of prayer? Almighty God, we give you thanks this day that we are able to spend some time reflecting on your holy word and what it says to us today. We ask that as we reflect upon this letter to the early church, that we might consider what it means to be your representatives, what it means to consider our reputation in the world as people whom you have chosen. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now I have a question for you today. Do you enjoy playing games? I'm not talking about the card games. I'm not talking about anything like that. In particular, I'm asking, do you enjoy playing role-playing type games? Perhaps you grew up when D&D campaigns were happening in everyone's basements, or you waited till you could play more captivating visual adventures on the computer or some other gaming console. A mechanic that I've always found interesting in these types of games is reputation. 
In one of my favorite games that's on the computer, Skyrim, your reputation affects directly various aspects of the game, sometimes permanently changing how you play the game. Today, in this reading from Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica, we are asked to consider our reputation as people who profess to follow the life and love we have received from Jesus Christ. And the question that Paul poses to us is, will our reputation, will the reputation that precedes us be sinister? Or will it be one where we are known as imitators of God? What is your reputation? What, what, what is your reputation? Perhaps you haven't given much thought about what others think of you, or maybe you simply don't care. Now, while I don't believe that we should let the opinion of others completely sway everything we do or have complete control over our lives, I think we do need to care about our reputation. Because when we chose to follow Christ, we did so knowing that our lives are no longer centered on us. Though if we were honest, we always knew that our lives were more than an expression of our own sphere of influence. It's hard, though, when we ask this question knowing that our lives are so connected to the reputation of Jesus. Because it's hard to care about other people. I don't know if it's ever truly been second nature, except for the handful of living saints who have dedicated their whole lives to serving others and protecting their well-being. But that is who we are called to be. We are called to be people who care, people who live our lives in a way that bears witness to the life-saving, the life-giving gift that Christ came to give all people, not some people, give all people. If we were to look back through the annals of history, we would discover that we as North American Christians have not always had a good reputation of being imitators of Christ. One only has to look back to find Christian missionaries who forcefully took Native American children away from their parents and threw them into boarding schools. And for every Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and for every, and for every Reverend Robert Greats, who stood in support of the civil rights movement, there was a Reverend Henry Leon Jr. who preached from their pulpits that a white church was no place for black Americans. Who could say what's caused this chasm to emerge in American Christianity? Perhaps it was inevitable. Perhaps it was inevitable due to our pursuit of self-happiness or self-fulfillment at any cost, or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something else. Perhaps it could be due to our inherent aversion to doing the work of chipping away the hardened parts of our hearts, a part that asks us to care about other people. Reputations, like relationships, are fragile, and they can break if they aren't cared for. The believers in the church of Thessalonica laid the groundwork for Jesus' word by sacrificing their time, 
their materials, even their lives. And countless others throughout time and space have paid the ultimate price to make sure that people would know Christ as the Savior, the Prince of Peace. It's a legacy, an ongoing story of trust that has been passed down to us today. And we find that within our own care, this living narrative continues. And that we either add or subtract to the work of those who dedicated themselves to fulfilling the life of the gospel. The church in Thessalonica knew this. And we ourselves must acknowledge this responsibility and claim it as our own if we are to reconstruct and undo the copious amounts of pain we have inflicted on others in the name of Christ. I find myself thinking of the countless saints who have walked this world. I find myself thinking about the countless saints who have exuded more Christ-like care, more Christ-like love, and those who are greater imitators of Christ and those of us who claim to follow Jesus. I think, for example, about the family of Matthew Shepard. Matthew Shepard, who was only a student when brutal thugs beat him to death in 1998 for simply being gay. Now, what we should know is that under the law at the time in the state of Wyoming, Matthew Shepard's killers could have received the death penalty. But instead of receiving the death penalty, they were issued life sentences. We may ask ourselves why they didn't receive the death penalty, but we would just have to go back and find that Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson were spared because of the plea of Matthew's parents, who instead asked for life sentences. In a statement to the court made afterwards by Matthew's father, he says that he says he says this that to show mercy to someone who refused to show any mercy. Living in the spirit of truth and justice and compassion is one of the hardest things we will ever do in life. Yet embodying the Holy Spirit in such a manner will speak more to others than anything we could ever say. Far too often we find ourselves making excuses or even seeking them out so that we can avoid the calling God has placed on our life. We go out of our way so often to erect barriers, to tear others down, to disenfranchise them, to exclude them. Maybe it's because we don't want to do the work. Or perhaps maybe it's because following Jesus demands more empathy, more compassion, more love than we thought. Either way, we find that at this moment we cannot separate our lives from the complexities of our earthly and heavenly relations. And in the gaps that have formed in the broken places that are weeping in crying out for justice, Jesus steps in to reveal what must happen to bring about reconciliation. Being imitators of God does not mean that we are God. 
believe me, we are going to make a lot more mistakes. And relationships over time will be fractured or pushed to the limit. But instead of making excuses or trying to justify ourselves, what if we instead lived into the spirit of God, owned our mistakes in that same spirit? A spirit that opens up new pathways, that stretches our understanding of what it looks like to live in a community as someone who is a neighbor, a friend, a family member, and as someone who professes to be a disciple of Christ. Unfortunately, life is complex. You probably knew that already, though. And in these complexities of life, we cannot simply reset our reputation by rolling a natural 20 or reloading a saved game file. Because our words and our actions will leave a lasting impact that will shape for years how those around us think of us and think about this God we profess to follow, this community of faith we profess to belong to. So the question that I posed at the beginning needs to still be answered. Will our reputation that precedes us be sinister? Or will it it allow us to be known as imitators of God? God calls us to be imitators of the heart and mind of Christ And God calls us to be bearers of this image because as Christians, as Christ followers, there is something expected of us. When we choose to embrace Christ, we said we would commit ourselves to the ministry of reconciliation, justice, and love of Christ. That means that our reputation reflects not only ourselves, but God as well. So let us go and be the living embodiments of what it means to be Christ-bearers, to be imitators of the love, the heart, and mind of Christ in the world. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.